Hi, fellas. Hello, gents. Hi. <laughs> okay, cool. So it we're worked here. this time. Yeah. We have another episode that will never see the light of the day, if you yes. count that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, we have a 16-second episode. If you want to donate up to a thousand dollars we will we will release the 16 seconds of uh i think of removed audio i don't think we said anything we can't say right it was just us saying it's not working you can uh you can uh donate that to our non-existent patreon yeah you got to start one you know if somebody if somebody if somebody wants to patreon us a thousand dollars i'll start a patreon for you to patreon us a thousand dollars but nobody wants to do that i've got a venmo just give it to me on venmo just Just give me a personal check yeah. You want to announce your Venmo uh, right here uh, on the podcast so that uh, listener can uh, uh, send you a Venmo request? Uh, I'll, ha- I'll have him put it in the show notes. I'll have him okay. put it in the show yeah, notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Um, have you guys yeah. had the occasion to use Venmo? For, like, have either of you done any like selling of Girl Scout cookies? Or I know Jake, you have a son, but I mean, uh, cookies, popcorn, Boy Scout popcorn, anything, and had to mm-hmm. charge people using Venmo out on the street? No, very strange, very uh, annoying. Uh, I I think there was a yeah, there was a possibility where my kids were selling those little dominoes like cards around the neighborhood, but I think everybody just was a civilized person and paid with cash like a good citizen. I I think that's technically against Venmo like terms because oh. we use Venmo on at my bar association for donations um during right. uh COVID and Venmo shut our account down. Oh, well, uh, then I, like Venmo, I've definitely never done that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I'll get this out of the way at the top. Hello and welcome to Esquiring Minds episode 17 for, what is it, May 11th, 2023. The show is three mm-hmm. lawyer friends right. uh, just talking for our own enjoyment. Nothing we say should be taken as legal advice or technology advice or any sort of advice whatsoever. Life advice. We shouldn't, we're not... We might talk about life things. If we do, don't follow us. Don't follow in our footsteps. Uh, I'm one of those friends. I'm Andrew Leahy. I'm a tax and technology attorney, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by Jake Schumer. He's yep. a Florida local attorney. Land use. Yeah, right. Attorney land use right? and construction attorney. Oh, hey. and I mean, you have the JD, right? You have it now. I have a JD. You I got okay. a. Uh, I got a bar license. I got a board oh. certification. Nice. Um, and I, today I decided to let the intro music play without interrupting it uh, for oh, the first okay. time. Uh, cool. But yeah, I've started a new job, which is cool. I get, it's cool. Uh, you forget how much of that is paperwork. Um, uh, yeah. But I, so I've done, done some paperwork. Uh, right. It's good. And man, oh, here's my takeaway, my relevant takeaway. Um, hello. Hi, Hi there. We're, we're waving How's it going? one of Jason's children. Hi. There's a shirt. There's a shirtless nine-year-old who's uh, podcasting here with me. <laughs> Hopefully related to you. And wait, what's your take on has, Microsoft Outlook? Hold, yeah, wait, we need your Microsoft. Oh, dang it! Uh, He's gone. He, he uses he uses a Chromebook. Also, I can uh, you can only be heard through my AirPods because I'm a oh, civilized okay. podcaster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, paperwork at, at, in a new office. Yeah, a lot of setting up of your passwords and yeah, uh, I, uh, email logins well, and such. And I still don't know what I'm like, what I'm doing, like, cause I'm, I'm still doing a lot of what I did, still right. doing some land use stuff. Right. Uh, that's what I've done so far. Um, but I'm also doing construction defect litigation, which is like one of the most complex when it comes to having a whole bunch of parties and yet still being mostly, you know, like money fights with plaintiff's attorneys. And I'm right. still trying to figure out what that is. But I, uh, the biggest takeaway is that, man, Google Workspaces is so much nicer than Microsoft Outlook, in my, in my humble opinion. So Google um, Workspaces being, like, so I have, like, the fam, I, you know, I'm a loser. I don't really have a job that requires any of that sort of stuff. So, but I have, like, a, a, you're a, a family winner in account. my book. Oh, thank you so much. I have, like, a Google <laughs> Apps account for my family. So I, I think I know what you're talking about, right? It's, like, the Gmail with the calendar integration and Docs and Drive and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, the really, it's about the emails. When right. it, when an email comes into me on Outlook, um, it's, like, it. I feel like it. Cl- it's, like, a clunk into my out- inbox. It's, like, mm. a, a violent uh, introduction. Whereas Gmail, they just kind of slide into your inbox, like, really nice. 
Is it possible um, that your complaint with Outlook is entirely about the little sound it makes, and this is where like the wave file away from? It might be about the notification. Okay. It might be the. <laughs> it might be purely the fact that I let Outlook send me notifications, and I didn't let Gmail send me notifications. Right. That's that is a distinct possibility. That could be your entire um, life. Could be just that could literally disarray be over that. Yeah. Yeah. Though also the in- the integration between Gmail and its calendar. And the way mm. that Gmail, the G Google Calendar, mm. uh, really is like uh, built for remote working, or like allows you to re- remote work really easily, is very right. nice. Cool. I mean, that's that, my that that's my big takeaway so far. Give me give me three months, and I'll have a more complete takeaway on my new job. <laughs> no, but I, I know you're kidding. But I mean, mm. like, I, yeah, I've had I've had jobs where the technology definitely can sink the job. You know what I mean? It, being stuck in yeah. some old system, yeah. uh, uh, law files, law, some, I forget what the first firm I worked at ran on this incredibly mm. old, like, Pro-Law? Visual Basic 6, maybe. I don't even, it was terrible. It, it would PC crash law? constantly. Yeah. yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. It crashed constantly. It was from, like, the late 90s, and it made my job you know it was a bad job anyway but it made it worse yeah mm. all right so uh, yeah. that's that's updates from from jake we yeah. also have jason here. he's now <laughs> yeah, jason in his here. office it seems yes yeah my okay. uh freshly minted nine-year-old from a few days ago uh happy birthday came in to tell tell me good night and remind me that i'm supposed to wake him up early in the morning so that he can play uh, tears of the kingdom before he goes to school oh so true yeah yeah. Oh my god. He's pretty excited. He's pretty excited. So we got him that for his birthday, but his birthday was a couple of days ago. And so it's not out yet until midnight tonight. And so I told him if he had good behavior this week, if he had a good attitude, uh, and he got to bed at a good time tonight, that I will wake him up at like 5 30 tomorrow morning. And this is the, the one of our kids who just, just like doesn't need sleep. He's he can sleep for six hours and be just a an ending ball of energy. Uh, and so I'm going to wake him up at 5.30 so that he can squeeze in like an hour, hour and 15 of Tears of the Kingdom. So Super cool. So, that's so from, midnight till from midnight till 5.30, will you be playing it? And then you'll be getting him up no. to kind of come and join, <laughs> no. <laughs> to join you at that point? No, no, no. I'm, a, I'm, I'm 41 years old. I can I have a little bit of restraint and I can just wait until they go to school and uh, just not work tomorrow and play it instead during working hours. <laughs> oh, that's very mature. That's much more mature. Yeah, that's great. Wait yeah, till the kids leave yeah, the house and, and don't work. Yeah. I need to yeah. find my broken half switch. I've heard I've heard such good things. It's going to be worth it to figure out whether or not that switch still works. I feel like if a you switch don't breaks have a functioning in half, switch, that's time for a new one. It was it was broken in half. Remember? It, yeah, it worked that. as far as I knew, but it is broken in half. <laughs> like so, the, uh, the back, ca- the casing is split in half on the back. Uh, <laughs> and so when you grab it, it's like there's some circuit board. It's showing circuit board a little bit. <laughs> May I ask mm, that's, how that's not great. That, that occurred? Yeah. No, I have no, I have no idea. Torsion. Uh, you know, oh, like a twisting. Natu- like a, like a. Yeah, mm. natural uh, degradation of heavy use since 2017 or whatever it was. Natural um, rage torsion. Yeah, rage, rage from stick of, drift. Yeah, yeah, it's rage from uh, I don't know losing at Splatoon or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so hi, I'm Jason. No longer hey, a nine year old in the room with me. Uh, I sue people's bad bosses, uh, and uh, sometimes I win. And I, no, that's not true. I'm selling myself short. Most of the time, I do pretty all right. Uh, and so that's me. I live in Georgia right now. I'm uh, maybe not going to live in Georgia for very much longer. We're going to find out. I'm trying to sell this house here and buy a house up in Indiana where my work has been for the last 13 years and has continued for the four years that we've lived here. So that's I've what's heard going from on with many me. Realtors that, I've heard from many realtors that there's never been a better time to buy. Uh, I don't that know right? whether that's true. They keep uh, telling me but, there's uh, never been like a better time something... to sell. Oh, interesting. Mm. I don't know if these realtors I, I are to that's be trusted. Probably, <laughs> they're definitely not to be trusted. I don't have positive feelings about realtors. Uh, but y'all already know from uh, non-on-the-podcast uh, chat about the realtors cabal, which sometimes yeah. they can be very useful. Uh, but gatekeeping every real estate transaction for residential real estate is just not awesome. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to. I'm so, thinking back over when they were helpful for me, other than opening up that little lockbox to get the key out that's that's on the knob to show me the house. That's the only thing I can think of. That oh, hey, ever actually, assisted if you're me moving, if you're moving to an area where you don't know the area at all, like they can be super helpful. Uh, you know, when we moved down here, uh, we didn't know very much about the city that we were moving to, and so like right. gathering that kind of information from the realtor, yeah, that's helpful. I don't know if it's three percent of the total value of the real estate helpful, but it's yeah. helpful. Well, and the problem is, yeah. how do you ascertain if you're dealing with a trustworthy realtor or not? In terms of, are they actually telling you that, like, here's the place you want to live? Here's a here's a little sneaky, you know, a secret nobody yeah. knows about. It's much cheaper here. The property taxes are lower, and it's totally not because this is a you know a den of inequity or whatever. How do you yeah. know? You know what I mean? Well, if you have a, a good one or not. <laughs> You know the same way that you know that you're dealing with a reputable lawyer, right? You just you're never have to dive into it and try it. And you know you can count on Google reviews a little bit, but you dive into mm-hmm. it and try it, and you don't find out whether they're worthwhile until it's too late. I have no bad. I don't have bad feelings about realtors. Like I've used realtors every time that I sold and bought a house, uh, but except that I do I do make fun of them for always saying that it's a good time, uh, yeah. but. They don't have the the ethical rules, at least in Florida. They don't have like the same ethical rules that attorneys do, uh, which was an issue for somebody that I know where they found out that the person that they were selling to was represented by the same agency uh, mm, nice. that and like they had both sides of it. Right. And they were kind of like both of the retail realtors were like trying to force the, you know, the transaction through because they were going to get yeah. the whole the whole right. pie. And I was like, this feels illegal. This feels like it should be illegal. Here, um, I mean, I've, I've but had apparently that, it's but not. you have to just, it's called a dual disclose agent. And we've had that here where, yeah. I mean, I've sold places and the buyer, ret- or no, I guess the other way around. I guess I was the, buy- the buyer and I just kept the same agent that was the listing agent because I figured, because yeah. again, I don't, really trust realtors in general so like i don't care <laughs> i figure that's basically what's going on anyway so whatever fine but yeah well, so here I, they have to disclose it but they can do it yeah and uh, actually they get a lower percentage like i'm i yeah. i'm remembering like the realtor that i had talked about how sometimes i'll represent the other side too and i'll take a lower percentage if i take both sides but in this case there was some like weird like indirect connection between the two right. realtors but they were working together to close it anyway yeah you can't hide uh, it i get yeah. that yeah yeah. Yeah. So anyway. uh, in, in, I can't remember if it's Georgia or Indiana. It's all blurring together at this point. Some places call it a limited agency trans, uh, transaction because like, they can't be your full agent because they're basically engaging in a little bit of self-dealing, uh, which seems problematic from, uh, uh, from, the, from the standpoint of the law of principle and agent. Like, uh, the agent has a fiduciary duty to the principle of loyalty and fair dealing, and you can't really do that very well when you're on both sides of the transaction but what do i no, know i'm just a lawyer <laughs> yeah yeah so all right so uh, Andrew, we're doing what's, life all, what's going on with you yeah i'll um, do a quick life we didn't update. get any life uh, update from you i don't have much i mean you guys already sort of know but i'm like formally now on the schedule for fall for uh drexel klein school of law um to teach tax hey, policy yeah. thank you thank you just an adjunct for now but that's super cool i've been sort of eyeballing moving into academia for a long time. So this was a, you know, kind of a big deal to get it. And that also sort of uh, bridges us or segues us into a topic we'll talk about later if we care. Um, US News and World Report uh, rankings that came out. Did, did you guys get to look at that at all? Yeah. Well, I, I have a question. What, uh, what was, do you guys know what Harvard was ranked last year? Is this like a quiz? Is there, no. Yeah. Because when I went back in my day, uh, right. There were three at the top. There was Star- uh, Stanford, Yale, and right. Harvard. Right. Those are the That's three what at the top. I would imagine as well, right? And with these new rankings, Harvard is down is bog- down down to num- number five, and that makes me very happy. Uh, really, because number five. Harvard always seemed like the one that was like that's the name brand, but they right. allow like a thousand attorneys in, uh, and mm. uh, it's it's like a brand a brand mill sorry right. to anybody who went to harvard law school i'm sure you're doing fine i'm sure um, you're not listening to us yeah you're on I'm your sure yacht you and you're, yeah. like right. i <laughs> i didn't have plenty of very obviously very smart people that went to harvard but it's like <laughs> it just sounded like a miserable place to yeah. be 
And but I so remember, I don't know why I uh, why I'm like so anti Harvard, but um, it's because I'm a hater at heart. Maybe sure, maybe that's why. I mean, yeah, I'll confess yeah. for sure. Like, had I gotten into Harvard, I didn't even apply to Harvard. But had I gotten in, I would be defending it to to the to the oh, end yeah. here, and I would be I would have gone in an instant. Um, oh yeah, as I remember, they were the the like the the big shoot for the moon um, uh, school uh, among people who maybe didn't have great GPAs, but figured that if they kept taking the LSAT, they could get a decent score. There was like a whole. I don't know if you guys. What's that? You're not basing that on Legally Blonde, right? I don't think no. I am. No, I'm basing it on okay. top law schools, the forum. And when I was oh, yes. applying, that was like a very important thing to be looking at and stuff. And there were a lot of people uh-huh. who had GPAs that I, uh, like, I'll be honest, I didn't realize people ever got like, you know, high ones and low twos. I didn't really re- realize oh. that. I don't know. I, didn't, yeah, I wasn't aware that that, that was possible. And they were uh, taking and retaking the LSATs to get the LSATs. I'm pluralizing it. The LSAT to... um to get uh, above a 170 because it was like technically possible that you could get into Harvard oh. if you if you got into that you know 172 173 zone sort of no matter mm. what your your GPA if you had a good story for why your GPA was in the toilet you could get in whereas like mm. Yale and Stanford it, forget it you know what I mean if you don't have above a certain right. like above a 30 yeah. or something it doesn't matter what you get on the LSAT you're not getting in and so uh, yeah, yeah I've always kind of so, felt uh, I'm with you Jake on the on the Harvard take <laughs> U.S. News and World Report ranked uh, in 2021. The top three were Yale, Stanford, Harvard. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm willing to chalk at least some of this up to the fact that some of the law schools stopped cooperating with U.S. News and World Report. Uh, yeah. At least uh, nominally, they stopped cooperating. Like we're not going to participate in this anymore. Uh, it's or hard it for marketing. me to imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's hard for me to imagine that that actually came to fruition. In any event, uh, yes, Harvard dropped from number three in 2021 to number five in what is this ranking year 2023. I don't know what happened yeah. in 2022, but yeah, uh, great, fine. Like <laughs> they <they're> still <laughs> they're. There's, they still carry a, an awful lot of cachet, and uh, oh yeah, if you follow anywhere. and God, God help me, I don't know why this happened, but somehow the Big Law subreddit uh, started ending up being suggested for me, probably because AI is listening to this podcast yeah, and sure. uh, finding out how much I bag on Big Law. Uh, but <laughs> they like they have their own acronym for Harvard, Yale, and Stanford. They call them HYS, yeah. and they expect everybody yeah. to know what it means. Uh, yep. and okay, that's pretty presumptuous, but whatever. Uh, you know, I, I went to a fine law school. It was in the, I don't know. I don't know what it was ranked at the time that I went to, but it was a fine law school. Like I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, but like to be that into where you're ranked on us news and world report, like, I get why people are, oh. why these universities are saying like, we're not going to participate in it anymore because <laughs> it's not, I don't know. It's just, it's obnoxious. And Andrew and I, I think, are in the same boat where you said HIS and, and we were like, yeah, because we both went on TLS, toplawschools.com, when we were yeah. applying. Have you ever heard the term TTT before, Jason or Andrew? Yeah, I have. Yes, I, no. I know what that means. Yeah. Do you know what that means? It's an Jason? insulting term for anything that's outside of the top 14 law schools, basically. Yeah, it's third tier, uh, three tiers, right? I think, isn't that third, what? Yeah, it's t- a third, <laughs> third tier toilet. Yeah. Which is oh, anywhere outside oh. of the... T- <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Great, um, great, great. And it's like, yeah. that's kind of the elitism that was like part of the top 14 culture uh, on hey. uh, toplawschools.com. My um, biggest problem with I've the tried, top 14 I've tried thing, a case. Go ahead. You go. Oh, was that, my <laughs> biggest problem with the top 14 thing is that it's never actually 14 schools. And as is the case here, right? So I'm looking at US News and World Report. So number one is Stanford University, right? This is the new 2023 mm-hmm. ranking. Uh, nominally number two, but also number one is Yale University. Okay, numbers, <laughs> the ranking is supposed to have a meaning. Why? How can they also be number one? They're Didn't tied say for number it was one. a tie? Yeah, but what does that mean? It's a tie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a tie. Because it, could... it's like this score and it's like, yeah, exactly. It's um, Well, they've had ties for so long. Uh, it's just like it's insane and what what it winds up happening yeah. is the top 14 for a long time wasn't 14 it was 15 because they kept cornell and uh, northwestern would be 
tied for 14. Yeah. And so it would be 15 total schools in the T14. Yeah. Or Texas. It, Texas started getting te- in there, too. Yeah. Um, could you guys, I don't know. Have you guys looked at this list so that if I was to quiz you on what number three is, it wouldn't be fair because you would know what it is? Oh, I, don't I, think I, I, know, I know what it is. Do it's you? unfair. Okay. It's I, up, I know what it is. It's pulled up in front of me right now. Oh, okay. okay. Would it's you Chicago, ever have guessed right? that? Yeah. Yeah. Would you have guessed Chicago as number three? It, it would have been in my top five guesses. Or no. Really? I mean, if you if you told me you were asking me what number three is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have guessed that in like two or three, I want to say. Really? Because it's always been yeah. top six for a long time. Yeah, I just don't see it cracking the top five, like the top, I guess, three or four. You know what I mean? Like, I, I agree. Like, yeah. Duke, uh, I do, I'd guess Duke in there. Duke somewhere. is the They're shocker usually... there. That's really? To me. Yeah, because Duke's been that... like like eight or nine, I want to say. Oh, okay. Well, they're tied with time. Harvard now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be, that's got to be. There you hard. go. That's a, I mean, that's, pr- that's a pretty good <laughs> for the brochures for Duke, right? I mean, we're tied yeah, with Harvard. Yeah, that's awesome what, what you, for Duke. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And their tuition. Well, well, the problem, of course, is that their uh, it appears Duke's tuition is about a thousand dollars more per year than Harvard's. So uh, I, I oh, guess they've yeah. been they've been extracting a decent amount of money from people for a while. Um, is Columbia still have a good like the most team. expensive to go to? The least or the well, most? Most Columbia. I think Columbia uh, is like. 78 it looks to be to my eye yes it is the most expensive to yeah. go to. columbia is insanely expensive harvard though i think has like a um uh has like a a public what not public uh, endowment service. um oh. yes certainly but uh they have a um a scholarship kind of fund where basically you don't pay if you make less than like 100 grand a year or something like that i think um, there's a couple of schools like that yeah yeah, I think Harvard is one of them. So really, like tuition is fake, uh, right, right, for, unless you've got money. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you got to pay to live in Boston or not in Boston, but nearby. Right. Yeah. And then uh, uh, NYU has overtaken Columbia. NYU is number five to Columbia's number eight. Even okay. they're right next to each other, and that happens that because there's sense. so many ties. Yeah. Columbia's eight. Oh, that Columbia, sucks for Columbia's Columbia. Eight. Yeah. Followed by UVA, which is, oh, I'm sorry, not followed by because it's also tied for number eight, which, yeah, okay. I don't know. How, how did they know what order to put them in in the list then? I don't understand. Yeah. What, are you, what are you ordering them by? Is it, uh, is it alphabetical? Columbia, University of Virginia. Let me see. Does that hold up? Yeah, maybe. All right. So see, <laughs> you went to a better school. It's than boring. Me. You, the you most boring the answer. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, somebody pointed out the, um, so... We should mention the reason why we're talking about this year is that or I the reason why I think it made a bigger splash this year is because this is the first year that a bunch of schools stopped cooperating. And right. also they changed their um yeah, they changed their methodology. So yep. they decreased the importance of the LSAT, of peer reviews, yep. uh, and increased the importance of employment and right. a few other like they rejiggered the formula entirely. And then um, had to quibble with that a little bit because employment, I, I'm going to get this backwards, but the basic thrust is this. At either initially or now, they were <laughs> either considering or not considering employment by the school itself. Yeah. Right. So so hiring <laughs> your own graduates to bolster your employment. My understanding is yeah. that previously they did not count that as employment or they weighed oh, that really? very low, very low in terms of being yeah. like, it's not quite like you're fully mm. employed. Right. right. And that and some schools were upset about that for obvious reasons because the whole reason that they're employing these people is to <laughs> bolster their employment numbers and then you're you're not playing games playing the playing ball yeah um and so i believe now they have changed that and so so yeah in the apparently like in the top 14 there wasn't a lot of change but the reason why i brought this up was um drexel university Th- thomas klein school of law saw the largest single increase 40 spots to number 89 it went from oh, nice. 129 to 89 which oh, is man hey oh significant hey. yeah there All you the go, strength man. of finding out that I'd be an adjunct for one <laughs> yeah, class exactly. in fall, word got out, and there you go. Now you could be the world's greatest professor, and you could only impact like eight percent of their rating because they—that's true. Because uh, that's how much a peer review counts. Or um, yeah, oh, that's true. Maybe yeah, there's right. something about like citations in journals or something, but I think that's like a separate ranking. 
Yeah, um, I don't have any of those. So. I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell I don't you, have any of those, my so law school matter. has really, really slipped on these rankings over the last few years. Holy smokes! I guess it's been like fifteen years since I've been in law school, but holy smokes! Yeah, that's the thing. Give Once me, you've give been me, give practicing me the for like four years or something, your law school doesn't matter at all. Like, right? No, you, you, it matters for your first job, basically. Right. Uh, yeah. And then after that, everybody knows who you are, and They've probably figured out if you're a big dumb dummy or if yeah. you're a smarty pants. Um, yeah, right. So my my school yeah. has significantly slipped as well. I'd be interested to to see if if I I, I want to bet that mine is the. I mean, for sure, Jake is out of this competition. You you went to a good school. It remains a good school. You got to go sit somewhere. You, you know, you're up in your ivory tower. <laughs> you're not a part of this. Cover. Excuse yourself. My, I, my 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 Garland covered tower. Yes, exactly. It's between me and Jason here for worst law school. <laughs> And I think I can win. Do you oh, have gosh. a ranking for yours? I'll give you mine. I don't. I don't have my twenty twenty three one. Hang on, twenty twenty three. Any any rank? I'll give you. Okay, so I went to Rut for for JD. I went yeah. for to Rutgers University School of Law. At the time, it when I first went in, there was two of them. There was one School of Law Camden, and there was one School of Law Newark. While I was there, they merged, and that was on the promise of. Um, it was going to, you know, fly up through the rankings once they merged because it would be a huge, you know, major metropolitan school, and it immediately plummeted. Uh, I am ranked number oh. one hundred nine. Oh yeah, I'm just a little bit better than you. I'm number ninety nine this year. Nice, congratulations. I yeah. am uh, by one I, more I, metric I'm, the least qualified member of this podcast. <laughs> I am the I am the mediumest member of this podcast. Good for me. You should put on your resume I'm, top one hundred. <laughs> or top 99 yeah sure well Actually. back then it used to be like uh in 2007 or 8 whenever i started it was i think they were ranked like number 68 or something like that not that that's like anything to shake a stick at because who cares but right you know, it's it's not some hoity-toity number 16 vanderbilt jeez louise uh-huh. who went there are we Can still you number imagine? 16 you're number I've 16 <laughs> nearly t14 yeah. you're t20 we yeah, we've been we've been hovering in the sixteen to nineteen range for I mean since I since I applied. Um, so we just spent uh, twenty seven minutes talking about a subject that none of us actually cares. <laughs> Nobody about. else. We don't care no, about. I, it. I, no one I mean, yeah. possibly care about. The yeah, exactly. This podcast is not meant to be uh, purposeful or good in any way. So you know, <laughs> quality um, is true. purely you, by accident. You listen at your own risk. Requiring minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we can move on. So, uh, what, what, what do you, you got? Something you want to talk about, Jason? We have a lot of mini topics here. <laughs> no. It seemed like yeah. maybe you had an idea. No. Okay. <laughs> none of none no, of us want I'll... to talk about anything. Want to okay. talk about? <laughs> talk about what, I want to talk about what's in the document here, and it looks to okay. me uh, like we've got a topic here that I, I'm actually a little bit interested in, uh, where the Eugene Carroll verdict came out against uh, dear leader uh, Donald sure. Trump, former mm-hmm. dear leader Donald Trump. Uh, and it yeah. turns out that uh, the Donald owes this uh, this woman five million dollars, basically yeah. for a little bit for uh, non-rape sexual assault, and right. then a whole lot of defamation. Uh, and yeah, that's this is like you very rarely get big defamation of character verdicts, especially for a person that not a lot of people have heard of. I don't know who right. this woman is, aside from the fact that she was sexually assaulted by uh, a guy who went on to become president. Uh, and yeah. so I, I guess good on those plaintiff's lawyers for doing a good job for their client there. Uh, but uh, do you think she ever sees that money? That's like if you're Dan- like how much of Donald Trump is collectible, do you think? One of the one of the weirdest things about his existence is like what exactly <laughs> does he own? Right. That's how what, cash what is can his, he put his hands on? We've never because the thing is so much of his wealth is spending investors' money, other people's money. It's yeah. like kind of the weird thing about like uh, about being <laughs> rich is that eventually you're like spending money from sources that aren't your own, like constantly. Yeah. And it's I think hard that's to a, tell a facet, what you own. Yeah, that's a facet of being rich. That's also specifically a facet of his particular version of rich in that he is mostly a brand. I mean, like most of the buildings and most of the things he does, he doesn't own. 
someone else owns. Yeah. He's just the name on it for, you know, for, for, for right. in, in large part or, or with a lot of them. So I, yeah, I think there's two tiers of the question there, right? Like, so in terms of what, how much of that does she ever see? How much of that does he ever pay? And then how much of that yeah. does she actually get? I'd be willing to bet that if he paid, she'd get it. Like it wouldn't go to attorney's fees and stuff. Like, I mean, I imagine like you would, you don't want to be in her next column where she's talking about the attorney that took every penny that uh, she collected on this. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think more of the question is how the collection goes to me. Yeah. Right. Cause the attorneys are going to get the attorneys get a good chunk. I'm sure. But uh, right. What's I'm the willing collection to bet. look like. I'm willing to bet that. Uh, hmm, am I willing to bet? Yeah, I think I'm willing to bet that Trump will write a check for this. Uh, and will not resist the collection efforts because uh, when people start, when these lawyers for uh, Gene Carroll start sending out the proceeding supplemental interrogatories and requests for document production that says, hey, list hmm, all your right. bank accounts, list all of the assets that hmm. you own, uh, tell me hmm. what your income is, uh, the Donald's not going to want to answer those questions, right? So this is getting into hmm. what happens after you get a judgment and a lawsuit and somebody's... Uh, there, you kind of reach a crossroads there where either the defendant who lost the lawsuit to you and you have a judgment for the money, they can either voluntarily pay it and cooperate like the law says that they're supposed to, or there are these mechanisms. And in the states that I primarily practice in, they're called proceedings supplemental. They might be called different things elsewhere. What are they called in Florida, Jake? Oh, I, that's a great question. I have no idea. I've never <laughs> had to collect a judgment before. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I'm actually I actually just recently uh, tried had to start like proceeding supplemental in a federal judgment uh, recently for the first time in what, 14 years, 13 years that I've been practicing. Uh, I probably ought to know how long I've been practicing law. Uh, but you send out these interrogatories that are asking, uh, identify all of your assets, tell us the financial right. institutions where you have bank accounts, mm. list the accounts that you have there, give me your account numbers, tell me what your last balance was, uh, when was the last time you made a transfer, where did you make that transfer to, where did it come from? Uh, and you so you could ask Stormy all these Daniels. questions that... Yeah, I don't think that, that last Donald Trump is going to want to answer those interrogatories uh, and uh, those mm -hmm. requests for production to turn over these documents because so far as I know, there's no automatic reason why, uh, you know, aside from account numbers, which probably aren't, aren't good for anybody to share, if somebody wanted to find out where Donald Trump's money was and these lawyers wanted to say, well, we did post-judgment discovery mm -hmm. on that. We found out that all his money was at Deutsche Bank uh, and this bank That's account in the guess. Cayman Islands. Yeah. It, it is a good guess. Uh, we kind of already know a bunch about that. But like, he doesn't want people sniffing around and then like, God forbid, uh, somebody garnish that money uh, where right. like the court has the power to order the bank that's yeah. holding the money to pay that money over to the holder of the judgment. Uh, and it it's not so far-fetched for some uh, collection firm to say, hey, Gene Carroll, you got a judgment for $5 million. You're going to spend a lot of time and effort chasing that down. We'll pay mm -hmm. you $3 million for it because we want the answers to those interrogatories and requests for production. Right. We want to know yeah. where Donald Trump's money is uh, and where it's going and what it's doing. Uh, and so I think she gets paid. Uh, if she doesn't get... I think she gets paid all of it. And I think it's probably in Donald Trump's best interest to just voluntarily pay it over to her. Uh, first is a showing of like, uh, you know, there's been a lot of perceived insecurity about whether people actually believe that he's wealthy. And so if he can just write the check right. for it and say it's the judgment is paid, then he gets to gloat about it on Truth Social. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll even he can raise money on the strength of the check. Yeah, he can he can raise yeah. money. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll that be too. a great fundraiser. When I yeah, need uh -huh. money to pay for the <laughs> yeah. So his lawyers yeah. filed a notice it's of a, appeal in the Second Circuit uh, Court of Appeals today. So I'm with you, Jason. I think I think ultimately he quietly pays. I think he'll fight for a little while because he can raise money on fighting for a little while, right? He'll send out stuff to his donors saying yeah. like, "Look, we have to go to court. We have to we have to you know appeal this. This is a, a political hit job. Whatever he's going to say." And then at some point, when it doesn't really have any more uh, cachet for political purposes he'll just quietly cut her a check and the whole thing will go away and that'll be it 
I agree with you. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. I think he can make more than the m- amount he will he will spend uh, uh, paying her on the story and on using this as a, a, a stump thing. Yeah. The other part of that is, I mean, I, I'm not too surprised. I, I'm not even a little bit surprised by the fact that they appealed it because appealing that is such a low effort thing. Filing a notice of appeal is like uh, some fresh out of law school uh, person who, you know, did a summer internship at a court of appeals. They can write off a notice of appeal in 25 minutes and they can bill Donald Trump $8,000 for it. Uh, That's that's such a low effort play that they probably would do automatically if, for no other reason than to negotiate down the total payment on the judgment. And Oh, okay. I So th- this has happened in cases where uh, I've, I've never had a verdict big enough that anybody cared to do, to do this particular maneuver, but an old partner of mine did, and they just automatically take an appeal off of a good like bell-ringing judgment uh, because they feel like it gives them some... Yeah. Uh, it gives them something to do. Uh, well, it gives them something to, to do, with. and it gives them some like you know arm twisting where they can say, "Yeah, but we've got this argument on appeal, and you should settle for less." Yeah. Like, okay, fine. Mm. Yeah, we've done we've done that, or we've had that done to us regularly. So, yep. Um, I'm not yeah. putting a lot of stock in the fact that they filed a notice of appeal. If they if they put forward like. Uh, if they actually go forward with briefing in the appeal uh, and they put forward some like good faith and uh, persuasive arguments, that's the thing that will really surprise me because I, I just don't see that happening. All right. I'll take that. I agree with you. Uh, we can move yeah. from one uh, idiot billionaire to another. Uh, I think another topic we wanted to talk about was Twitter. Um, this is a little bit of old news. So we, we should say we, yeah, we, we again last week. <laughs> yeah. It, first of yeah. all, it's, it's repeat news and it's old news, but um, did you guys see that Elon Musk threatened to reassign NPR on Twitter to another company? I mean, this was just like one piece of a much larger posturing yeah. thing he's been doing. Yeah, that, um, that's yes. real. Like uh, that, that I think that would be too far. I know he th- he threatened it in an email to an NPR reporter uh, where he's yeah. like, why when NPR was, t- you know, NPR having stopped doing posting on Twitter, he was like, why, why shouldn't I move? You know, I think it's time to move NPR to somebody that will actively use it or something like that, which is like uh, has like, the, you know, Section 230 has the uh, we've talked about Section 230 immunity before. That's a good way right. to lose your Section 230 immunity to be like, I'm going to violate. I'm going to enable right. somebody to violate your trademark. That's what right. I'm going to do because I'm sort of willfully uh, and in retaliation mad. for your. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your decision my, my, not to I, use the service. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, and obviously he's crazy. But the, yeah. uh, the some of the takes I saw on it, somebody was saying, somebody like quoted. I don't, I don't know if it was the NPR story itself, but some one of these outlets quoted Twitter's terms of service and like made really like a kind of a good faith argument, saying that like inactivity actually, well actually, and they push, yeah. push their glasses up their nose. Well, actually, inactivity <laughs> is defined in Twitter's terms of service by logging in, not by tweeting. So we have been active, and. It it strikes me, and this is a common thing to both Trump and to Musk, is that the people that are in some sort of contention with them continue to argue as though they are on this planet and they are arguing with you (laughs) on the the same basis of facts and and reality and and everything else, as though he's going to look at the terms of service and he's going to say, yeah, you know, that's a fair point. I, 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 I went too far with that. I shouldn't have threatened to take away NPR. You have been logging in. My apologies. It's uh, did you yeah. see, but I mean, did it, you see that they changed the inactivity stuff like today? So like two yeah. news items dropped today. One of them being that they're going to start deactivating people's Twitters if if they don't log in every 30 days. So like any 30 right. day span where you don't log in, your Twitter's going to go away, which seems yeah. very I don't know why I have no idea what the logic logic is there. Like somebody Some please sort of explain savings. the logic there. It's yeah, sure. It's cost savings for, to maintain those old Twitter accounts, I, no I guess, idea. that people still use. Like that's how the expensive thing. Like, was the two factor thing. The first thing he did, right? Yeah. How expensive could that have possibly been? Like in the grand scheme of things, and it's the same thing here. It, it reminds me of like I, I don't know if this is this might this may be a metaphor that doesn't you know it was just my father, but like your dad is cleaning out the garage and he has found some of your stuff and he's like, you want this or should I throw it out? 
right? He has decided that this is the moment he's taking on this project. And now it's your problem and you need to yeah. figure out what you're going to do with it. He's, same he's thing using here, like, the KonMari method on, on Twitter yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. He, he's had NPR some sort of project that no one else... Elon Musk? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Not at all. No one else has engaged in this project. He is engaged in it. He thinks there's some utility to it. And now everyone's going to dance to this tune. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Jake, I, 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 I did see the thing about the 30 days inactivity. I don't know what that could uh, how like I don't I don't really see the resource savings there. I mean, opening up old right. handles, I guess. Does he think that there's a lot of people who would join Twitter, but they keep <laughs> trying to sign up? Like I go, I try to sign up, I try to get at Andrew, I can't, I'm dejected, and I don't go back. And so, if you could <laughs> open that up, you would have one more active user. It's funny because I feel like it's so the reason why Facebook and Twitter don't do that is because they want to keep your Twitter account around as long as possible. They want to let you be able to come back. They don't want to be like, use it or lose it, bud, because they're like, you'll always be, you know, we always will welcome you back. So are they just going to deactivate them and allow people to come back and reclaim it? Because then it wouldn't wouldn't be a big deal. And it seems like it would be a lot more hassle than just letting them stay up. But I don't know. I mean, Uh, the other question is, Name camping is an annoying thing that happens in places. Like if you listen to um, basically any tech podcaster, they'll say that whenever a new service crops up, they just pop on there. They don't intend to use it, but they camp mm-hmm. their name just in case they sometimes. Right. It, there's the guy from Accidental Tech Podcast, John Syracuse, is like very explicit about doing this all the time. I don't know if I'm ever going to use it, but I got on there to sign up and so that I have my at Syracuse uh, name. Like, uh, that's a obnoxious, but it's not unreasonable. And like, it's not unreasonable for NPR to just sit there and camp NPR because like, I'm sure Nathan Patrick, you know, Rothschild <laughs> is super interested oh, in the NPR, uh, in the NPR. I, I don't know if that's a real person. It probably is. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, yeah. but, uh, he's listening. He's like, oh, how do they know? NPR. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, but like, ultimately you're right. Like, is that stopping them from using the service? Are they suddenly going to start using it because ad NPR becomes available? Like, no, uh, obviously it's punitive. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's into like, okay. So, uh, NPR loses their at NPR handle on Twitter. Does that mean they can never come back? Like, is that Avenue yeah. forever closed? Like, no, they'll come back even if the username <laughs> that they have to have is National Public Radio 12394. Like, fine. Right. People will still follow it because it'll gain the momentum it needs. But an interesting question there. And so I, I brought up the, the Help Center. I'll read a couple things from it. But an interesting question there is I assume NPR did not jump, didn't sign up for Twitter and get NPR initially. I would bet somebody else had it first. And when they joined Twitter, they, you know, showed Twitter at that point, Jack Dorsey, that they had the trademark and Jack Dorsey allowed them to take over that account. Like, I'm guessing that, Hmm. you know, at Apple, I don't think Apple got that by jumping on Twitter before some idiot who thought it'd be funny to get at Apple got it. I think they got it because they had the trademark. So I don't see how that wouldn't just happen again. Right. So it would go inactive. Hmm. Uh, uh, Neil Patrick Rothschild or whatever you said, uh, will take it over. NPR shows up and just does the same thing they did when they first got NPR. But so really quickly, if in the they have Center, a CEO uh, what, that's like not like being mad at NPR. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in the help center, how does Twitter determine inactivity? Inactivity is based on logging in. Please note that you may not be able to tell whether an account is currently inactive as not all signs of account activity are publicly visible. I don't know what that means, but okay. Next question. What if a potentially inactive account is using my registered trademark as its username or account name? If you believe your trademark rights are being infringed and the account seems inactive, please see Twitter's trademark policy for additional information. That's interesting. So if there's an inactive account and you hold the trademark for that name and you want it, it seems you can contact Twitter and attempt to get it. But presumably you can't if that is an active account. So if somebody took over Mm -hmm. Apple and used the Apple account and was not inactive, Apple wouldn't be able to reclaim. I mean, again, I'm doing the same thing. That I seems wrong. Accuse people. Yeah, I do the that, same thing. That seems like Apple seriously. Could, that's that's for if you don't have a clear case of like trademark infringement or something like that. Though I guess there are yeah. there are other Apple companies that are not named that are not Apple the computer, like the Beatles the label. Phone. Yeah, right. I mean Apple yeah. is generic, so yeah. mm-hmm. Apple is an apple. It's a fruit. Yeah. Uh, like 
an orchard company could could want yes. at Apple, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Apple is like a, I think there's an education company called Apple something. Um, Sounds right. So anyway, well, anyway, many, the ongoing many, tales many education of, companies of Twitter dying. Yeah, the only other thing I want to say quickly was that uh, Tech Dirt, um, which is a super cool uh, news website, it's been around forever. They've been on Twitter forever. Um, they announced also uh, maybe 10 days ago or so now that uh, they're ending their automated posting. A lot of this is sort of not, I won't say required, but with the API changes for Twitter, you have to pay for so like WordPress.com. If you have a blog on there, that's no longer going to be automatically. You're not going to be able to just tick a box and have it so that whenever you post a new blog post, it automatically goes on Twitter because uh, WordPress needed to pay to have that API access. And it's, you know, some exorbitant amount. And so you're starting to see slowly a lot of these platforms kind of um, not fully pull off of Twitter, but just make mm-hmm. use of it less. And it seems to me, uh, if Twitter's going to die, that's how it's going to go. We're not going to see, you know, everybody just yeah. pull out. It's going to just sort of slowly dwindle till there's nothing but bots and, you know, spammers. Yeah. Uh, TechDirt also just came out with an interesting, like, phone game or, like, a browser game called, like, Moderator Mayhem, where it's the idea is you're a moderator on a website and you're supposed to make decisions on whether to pull take down or put or keep up posts based on like certain information and it's it's interesting uh so because you know it'll have like a tweet directed at an actor saying i'll kill you when i see you next uh and it's like do you take this down for a threat and it's like and it's like yes it's a threat but it's also a line from one of his movies uh, and so everybody oh. hates you now. <laughs> and so oh. uh, it's kind of a uh, a, a explore, exploration of like the kind of issues that go into moderation and how it's difficult to draw those lines. So check that uh, out if you're interested. A that quick, does not interesting... sound like an engaging phone game. No, it sounds stressful. Um, a quick, interesting <laughs> thing. I think I said a while ago, uh, I had... I had the tweet, the Twitter handle at Andrew with no E for a long time and some little dweeb in Illinois wanted it. And so he did a SIM card swap on my phone in order to get access to the code. Yeah. So he did the whole thing. I woke up in the middle of the night. The whole thing was going on. Um, And I discussed. So what he did was he switched uh, the account to he like relinquished Andrew on my account and then scapped it up on his account. And then in order to make it so that I couldn't undo it, he needed to get my original account, now named some random thing, suspended. And so I was able to see what these people do when they want to like get you suspended. And so what he did was he tweeted at American Airlines just the word bomb and the emoji of a bomb. And that apparently is enough for an immediate uh, oh my God. Uh, uh, suspension, wow. yeah, which at the time was uh, alarming for me because obviously the account's tied to me and my name and everything. But nothing more happened. That was it. It just suspended my account. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. little moderator information. And you've but, never been able to fly um, American Airlines ever since. <laughs> no, no, no. They drag me in the back and beat me and make me leave the airport. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I never get on the plane. Um, okay, so yeah. uh, other stories. We have uh, 100 plus uh, Louis Brisbois lawyers exit for a new employment firm. That was an interesting story. At least it was interesting <laughs> two weeks yeah. ago when no, we decided we were going to talk about it. It's still interesting. Okay. Uh, so, well, I mean, it is. It's I'm not really the fact that this happened and not right. the fact that it's happened because that was a week and a half ago, but it was yeah. uh, like the mechanics of having 100 attorneys leave a law <laughs> firm all at once are right. like, it stresses me out just to think about Impressive and daunting. Like how, yeah, exactly. much, how much <laughs> exactly. involved, is involved with that. Being a single attorney that just had to leave a law firm and how many letters need to be signed, you know, how many letters and like agreements had to be signed just to deal with that? Uh, like, man, I, it's hard for me to even imagine being able to do that. Yeah, Y'all might it, have more knowledge about that, though. No, I, I don't. I mean, I can't imagine organizing. I think I made the joke on, on our Slack channel. I said, like, I've been on a couple of emails where there's like five people trying to organize lunch and it has, you know, the yes, lunch date right. comes and goes and you don't get to go to lunch because people can't get on the same page. So I can't imagine 100 attorneys working this out. I can't imagine them keeping it under wraps, more or less, I I guess. I mean, at that point, maybe that it wasn't under yeah. wraps and the firm knew. And what are you going to do? 
I don't imagine that it was under wraps for quite some time. So here's the thing about why, how I think that they managed to herd all this together. You think a hundred lawyers, that's a hundred people acting independently, right? Mm, probably not. Uh, so uh, this article from Bloomberg Law uh, says that uh, Barbara Rannon, which awesome name, by the way, uh, Barbara Rannon and six other California-based equity partners informed Louis Brisbois leadership of their plans to launch a spinoff firm on April 27. So that's what happened is Barbara Rannon and these six other equity partners were the ones who were actually running the show. Uh, and and it, it, I... Uh, far be it for me to comment about uh, how big law law firms work, but my suspicion is that each of these seven equity partners had a stable of non-equity partners who did work directly reporting to them, and then they had a stable right. of associates who did work reporting mm -hmm. directly to them. And that's what actually happened here is these seven equity partners branched off and uh, the train that followed them was a hundred, what, hundred and two, hundred lawyers, something like that. And so it wasn't actually, the end, they weren't marshalling a hundred, a hundred and however many uh, individuals. They were marshalling right. these seven equity partners and their entourages that came with them. So that's how, that's how the, the cats get hurt. It's like cleaving off a practice group, basically, right? Like it's just, it's one clean. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And yes, from an individual, from an organizational standpoint, I get that being much more efficient. But to Jake's point, from like a, an actual, the paperwork and HR standpoint, yeah. that doesn't help them at all. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, cool. It's all right. one practice group. That That's great. That's one field in all these forms that I don't have to change every time. But other than that, it's, it's just, yeah, it must be a nightmare for that firm. I mean, and I, I mean, I I imagine the, the, all the news stories I read said that there wouldn't be any uh, there would be like no loss of, of 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 income or standing for for Louis Brisbois, which I feel like is like the one that comment that whoever extremely unlikely <laughs> it seems extremely unlikely, but it was like the one comment that whatever insider was providing information stressed like look I'll tell you whatever you want, but you got to say at the end this is not going <laughs> to affect us in the slightest. We're going to do just fine. Yeah, it, I it's yeah. hard to imagine you lose that many attorneys and you'd have no issues. I mean, it could be that they were already operating functionally separately and it was just yeah. like a brand. Um, yeah. And they just were like, yeah, we're cutting off. We're not going to be part of your equity. We're going to be we're going to keep operating the way we've been operating, but not under your banner. Um, I mean, yeah. here's hoping for the sake of their human resources department that they had invested heavily in uh, AI and document automation so that they could just... <laughs> <laughs> plop in these right. hundred and whatever different names and uh yeah you don't even need, you, you just need word macros for that you you just need yeah, to mail yeah. merge you need to be good at there mail merging i assume what happened is and then that these... some uh hr consulting group got called in and parachuted in 25 people to handle all the paperwork and they'll be gone by yeah mid-may and then the small follow-up to that was just that one of the uh founders the Lewis of Lewis Brisbois then stepped down shortly after, which I guess oh. is just, you know, it's the blood sacrifice you need after, after <laughs> something like that happens, I guess. Right. Like this happened. Are they gonna, watch. Is he going to retire? It seems Do so, they have yeah. to change their name to Brisbois. Are they just going to be Brisbois now? No, I mean, I think they're going to nah, keep you it. Don't give up a no, name. no, I think you got to keep it. Yeah. Well, that's you, got, a, you don't well, want to change. Florida, you don't want to change all the stationary the name. That's the thing. Oh, really? In Florida, you have to give up the name if the partner doesn't retire entirely. Oh, my my old law firm, uh, before I went out on my own, it it had the names of two partners who had been dead since before yeah. I started law school. And yeah. so like that's that's unusual to me. No, that's the thing. You can die and or you can retire, but you can't move firms and keep oh, and have, oh. keep that same law uh, lawyer on the I gotcha. name. So, like, if I was a part of a law firm that had my name Schumer on it, I could retire and they could stay Schumer forever. Or I could die; right. they could stay Schumer forever. But I can't go to oh, another yeah. firm and have them well, keep that, Schumer because that gets into one of my favorite topics. Be, you wouldn't Schumer. like that. Yeah, that gets yeah, into no. one of my favorite topics: the right of publicity. That's fantastic. Yeah. they'd be stealing my mm. publicity. Did you guys yep. at some point read in in like uh, professional responsibility the the case involving the? woman who started a firm and called it like Washington Lincoln and Roosevelt or something. And her name was like Johnson. 
she just she just started a firm. It was only her. <laughs> And chose like the what she viewed as the most prestigious names she could think of as the partner names, and That's this, very this, funny. it's a great it's a great decision it. where they're just saying like I, we like it we like your ingenuity but unfortunately you can't do this that's not it has to be named you know actually people who are there not fanciful uh, great uh, jurists from history. All right, so uh, think, the only did other she thing... have more than one attorney at her firm? No, no, that's my just question, her. and I think that might have been the main problem. Yeah, if it's just yeah. you, that's the you thing. Yeah. If, if, if you call yourself, there's a. I think there was a case in Florida about how you can't call yourself like a law group or something like, or partners mm. or something like that. If you're just one person, uh, I might, or it might be that you can. I can't remember, but you definitely can't have three names. Yeah, three names that are none of none of which are yours. That's that's a that's a little bit of a problem. Yes. Um, so yeah, the only the only other story uh, we really had that we were going to cover last week, I think, is the Ed Sheeran didn't copy Marvin Gaye's nineteen seventy three classic. Uh, Let's get it on. Yeah. Yay! Yay! For Ed Sheeran, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> right. I read the it, article. It had been. Yeah. He suggested that music looking... would die if if he yeah. lost. Yeah. Okay. So so I don't want music to die. That's that's good. Yeah. I. I it's rarely the actual artist that actually sues over these things. It's like the family or something like that. Um, Because I think artists know that if you're talking about like a chord progression like this, so many people constantly like chord progressions are just happen and some sound better than others. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, I I might've mentioned this at some other point, but like the strokes last night, is very similar to opens very similarly to a Tom Petty song and Tom Petty knew and Tom Petty was just like, yeah, that that's cool, man. We all did it. I copied it from someone else or I, I took inspiration from somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad Ed Sheeran won this, uh, seems like a kind of situation where I want more music. I want people to be more free to make that kind of music. Yeah, there's a limited number of permutations that chord progressions can make. Like if you're going to play in a certain key, there are very popular ones. And basically all you do is change how long one chord lasts or how long, uh, uh, you know, you or which one you go to next. But there's like only a limited variety that you can put in there. And so and you can change keys and you can that that's kind of just it. Uh, and so it's not really surprising that they reached this result. I will admit having listened to this Ed Sheeran song before the, I ever found out about this lawsuit, uh, I could not help, but in my mind, sing along, let's get it on, uh, (laughs) to this. And it's like still like a lovey dovey song too. It's like, take me into your loving arms. Like, okay. Mm, That's pretty close. These, yeah, these songs may not be the same. It might not have copyright infringed, but boy, howdy, do they rhyme? Uh, not in the literal hmm. rhyming sense, but in the sense of they're awfully familiar to each other. Uh, but I mean, I think this is right. E- even if it's nothing other than like Ed Sheeran didn't, uh, the my n- knowledge of copyright law is extremely limited. Uh, but the term of art that I remember from copyright class in law school was slavish copying. Uh, yeah. And mm. this does not strike me as a slavish copy uh, of let's get it on. It bears a pretty remarkable similarity to it, but it is not just a straight up copy of Marvin Gaye's song. Cause we know how to copy that because people do it in music all the time. Uh, it's like the foundation of 85% of country music. Uh, so I'm glad I think this is a great result. Uh, I, I think that this is right. Uh, and you know, Ed Sheeran shouldn't have to be the poster child for this. Nobody should have to be the poster child for it, but it had to be somebody. And this is when it happened. And I think it's a good result. This is a very like specific take, but um, there are two songs that I always swore sound sounded very similar, and that's the Offspring's "Gone Away" and "Tears for Fears." Uh, what's that song? By Everybody Tears wants Tears to rule the world. Uh, I, that might have been it. 
Um, I'm having a hard time imagining an offspring song that yeah. sounds like everybody r- wants to rule the world. But yeah, it's I, it's possible, I suppose. Sure. How about uh, Vanilla no, Ice, no, it Ice, Ice Baby w- and uh, Queen and Bowie's Under Pressure? Does that sound familiar at all? Those two? Yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Those are like that is a real okay. like problem. Okay. <laughs> the baseline there. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit. Literally the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's the all of the familiar faces. The the one that got covered all around me are familiar faces. Oh yeah, it's that, Mad World, yeah. isn't it? Mad World. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good on Ed Sheeran. Uh, sorry for the estate of Marvin Gaye. Uh, let's get it on. Is still like a top ten all time uh, boudoir song. Uh, yeah, but Marvin's uh, gonna be okay. Ed Sheeran did not. It wasn't Marvin Ed anyway. Did it was like not the, slavishly copy it. The heirs to the composer or something. It wasn't even his family. It was the Townsends oh, who apparently yeah. it was the the composer's granddaughter or something. Um, but Gosh, unless if we it have was more... like Sony Music or something like that, like let him get crapped on. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, not not the estate of Marvin Gaye. No, I, poor guy. I, I want his estate to be happy. Yeah, me as well. All right, unless we have anything else to talk about, uh, concluding thoughts, we can move on to just uh, what's going on. Hey, that's another Marvin Gaye song and recommendations. <laughs> um, Thanks. What you guys got? Uh, oh, uh, Jedi Survivor uh, is very good. Yes. I like it a lot. I it did crash on my computer a few times, and that was very annoying. Um, but the performance was okay. Uh, that's a very good video game. Uh, Metroidvania. Look it up if you're interested in video games that are like Dark Souls, Metroid, etc. Uh, but also I wanted to call out a my old law school roommate who made a who made SCOTUS RO blog. SCOTUS, that is Supreme Court of the US RO blog. It is a auto-generated chat GPT blog that writes about Supreme Court decisions. That automatically writes about Supreme Court decisions. And it's very impressive that this guy just did this. And he's an attorney at Vincent Elkins. Uh, He just did this in his spare time, apparently. Wow. Uh, Nice. And he's a uh, Georgia Tech engineer, uh, originally, uh, undergrad. Um, But yeah, I'm... Check it out if you're interested, but uh, it's going to take, it's not going to take Scotus Boggs job, but it's going to do something. It's interesting. Super cool. We'll put what that I really want to know. What I really want to know is, did he use uh, uh, GitHub's co-pilot in order to code mm. the blog, <laughs> or the row blog? I'm interested to actually, I'm, I'm going to write him uh, on there and find out the answer. Well, uh, don't okay. write him. Uh, good recommendation. write you a letter at, to ask the question. You know what I mean? Like use GPT yeah. to write the thing to ask. The, they, okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. That's getting a little bit derivative there. Okay. Uh, both of my recommendations this week are iOS games, and they are both hidden behind subscriptions that you might or might not already have. Uh, so the first one is uh, the weaker of the two, but still good. Uh, it's Leia's Horizon, L-A-Y-A, uh, Leia's Horizon. This is one of those Netflix games that you have to have a Netflix subscription to play, but it's on iOS. And it's basically like if you've played uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and you uh, have done the paraglider in that, this is like a whole game based on the paraglider. Uh, But you're basically like skydiving throughout this whole thing and completing obstacles and stuff like that. Uh, Really uh, neat art style and just a fun like, you know, uh, good idling game that doesn't require a whole lot of time commitment. Uh, the next one is uh, a throwback to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles nerd dumb. Uh, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that is reminiscent of the old arcade games that you would play at arcades. Absolutely. Uh, but it is like cooperative multiplayer enabled and it has kind of a feel like uh, Bastion or Hades. Mm, uh, cool. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Splintered Fate. <laughs> It is included in your, yeah, Splintered, get it? Splintered. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it is on Apple Arcade, uh, okay. which you get if you subscribe to their, you know, Apple One or Apple Family or whatever it is. Uh, uh, but it's fun. I played it last night with my 10 and 9-year-olds, and it's just a, you know, a romping good time. It's not like super great for longevity. It'll get pretty repetitive, but 
it's a it's a good little fun uh, time spender, uh, and it's great if you want to play it with ten and nine year old boys sitting on your living room sofa before bedtime. Preferably that are your children or related to you. Um, my, <laughs> I think that's I think that's I that's think that's implied. implied. Yeah. Uh, my suggestion is the same as Jake. I've been playing uh, Jedi Survivor. I'm probably not as far as he is. I just started, I don't know, a day or two ago. But yeah, great game. I enjoyed the original. They were, you know, original. The, the first one, whatever it was, Fallen Order? Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Fallen Order. Yeah, really good game. This one, I think it's better so far, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm playing it on the Xbox, so it works well there, too, <laughs> as you might expect. Um, yeah. yeah, good game. Love a good Star yeah. Wars game. And uh, uh, the other thing is uh, Legend of Zelda something or others coming out tonight, right? Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in like t- six hours. So by the time you listen to this, it's probably already out. Uh, apparently, it's very good. Don't shut me off. <laughs> I was going to talk about Zelda all night. We have to. Oh, no. I'm, I'm kidding. Play him out. I'm kidding. I'm playing him out. Play him out. I'm kidding. <laughs> I tried to turn the volume down. I accidentally stopped it. Okay. <laughs> All right, have a good Great night, day fellas. podcasting right here. Oh, yeah. Top oh, notch. my gosh. <laughs>